You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas, on Monday night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to week nine of Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. We are in the second half of the NFL season. Can you believe it, Greg? I cannot. I cannot. I just uh, would like to start off, though, by calling you my daddy, uh, since I'm sure you're going <laughs> to I'm sure you were going to get to it and rub it in anyway. Uh, I, I see me making a rousing comeback on our head to heads uh, the second half of the year because I won't do worse than 500 because I'm not doing any more head to head battles. You're not. So you're going to go zero and zero is going to be the improvement. Zero and zero in the second half of the year. That will be the improvement. You're going with the Jerry Seinfeld approach. I choose not to run. Even Steven. Even Steven. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Yes, but I do have to say I was very happy that the uh, Indianapolis Colts provided what is maybe my second cigar game of the season uh, down the second half as they pulled away from the Detroit Lions. Very happy with that one. But listen, you got to push. You got to push there with the total on the Tennessee Titans game, which hit right at 51. But I will say that the Cleve, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals played spoiler for a lot of people in their Survivor Leagues last week uh, as they pulled out the outright upset there. Uh, what do you make of Cincinnati and Tennessee taking away from that game? Why, why are you being cute about all this, making me talk about this game? So well, I, I, have, I have a legitimate question here, uh, and that would be because it was I was happy because I had it at forty nine. Right, before you do this, for before, less than two seconds. Before you make your point, uh, because, tilt down, tilt down on on your on your camera there, because you're just at the bottom oh, of the screen. There we go. Oh, now I can see you. Go ahead. So I, I guess what what I'm wondering is um, how we can get how we can get the better numbers out later, right? Because we were waiting on some line injuries, which was 100% the wrong handicap, right? <laughs> Sometimes you're just wrong, right? And I was wrong with all those offensive linemen for Cincinnati, and they lost a guy in like the first quarter. right? And despite losing another guy and having to shuffle more dudes around, they still beat them. Uh, and I could only enjoy because so I ended up getting um, because there was weather weather and I was checking the weather to see if they were one of the high win games and I was comfortable with it. So I still played over, but it came down from 51 to 49. And that's the one where I gave it out at 51, but I had it personally at 49. So I was all excited. And then you just buried me and you're like, <laughs> nope, it's a push from the podcast. And it was like. You're right, because that was the one where I challenged you to, to play against me, and I thought I won that head-to-head. And I was like, see, Joe, see? And yeah. Like, nope, it was a push. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was actually feeling really good about that. But as we like to say, it's never under till it's over, right? 
Indeed. And and Indeed. that one came right down to the wire there. Uh, I was still uh, worried we were going to get one last score there just to uh, put them in. But the reason I want to talk about Tennessee is because I want to start with Tennessee this week. They are my better beware game of the week. This week they are uh, visiting, or excuse me, they are hosting the Chicago Bears. Six and a half point favorites right now for Tennessee. But Greg, I was all over Tennessee in previous years. I am off the Tennessee Titans bandwagon. This defense looks terrible. They look absolutely atrocious out there. And I don't care what you say. I mean, I know how good we've talked about how good that offense has looked, how good Ryan Tannehill has played. you got to play some defense if you're going to be a championship team. And that's literally what we were talking about with this team was, like, they're, they have, uh, they're Super Bowl contenders. Now, I know they made a trade with the Chargers, picked up a very underrated quarterback, and I think we'll talk about that in a later yeah. handicap. So, But in, mm-hmm. in week one, I think it's a little bit you know tough to work a, a new cornerback into a defense defensive scheme, especially when I think you have a, a coordinator like Mike Vrabel, who is is uh, a little bit more complicated in some of his defensive schemes that he plays out there. Uh, but I have serious, serious concerns about the Tennessee Titans defense. That pass rush is absolutely awful. They cannot get to the quarterback. And I don't know why they should be favored by six and a half against anybody right now, considering I think they covered one game so far this season. They have won by more than six points, and it was that game against the Buffalo Bills that was a terrible spot for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, They have not managed to blow anybody out. They have issues. Uh, with field goal kicking, which can come in and cost you, as we've as we've seen clearly here. Uh, so this week, I think nope. they're facing a very good defense in the Chicago Bears, uh, and I think that they're going to manage to contain. I'm not going to say completely uh, uh, quell that offense for the Tennessee Titans, but I think that they're going to do enough to keep this game very close. We saw them put up a, a great fight against. The Saints last week, losing that one in overtime, obviously. I'm sure they're disappointed. My better beware game of the week is watch out for the Tennessee Titans minus six and a half. I think the Bears keep this one close. And why the Bears still get no respect. I understand they lost, Greg, last week, but the Bears get no respect this season. Why do you think that is? I I mean, probably the eye test and watching the game. I mean, it's, it's tough watching them. I, I was going to make a little joke about, um, you know, you can't pick the bears because Trubisky's out, but that's laughable because <laughs> he's not even the starter anymore. Uh, but it, it's just tough watching them try and move the ball, right? Like that, um, that saints game, like it was shocking to me that they got back in it, but I think that's, I think the deal is, is that they're one of these teams that despite, doing it and looking badly, they really muck up the game. And if they can muck up the game and make it kind of a, just like a knockdown drag out um, type of game, they crawl back into it. They did it with Tampa. They did it with new Orleans. Um, I don't like that call at all. That dude fumbled uh, uh, back there in that game. So they did bring it to overtime. They should have lost by, uh, in regulation, I think that was kind of a joke that they're they're gonna you know dictate that that was. Uh, I've seen so many more people fumble footballs when they're when their uh, forward progress um, wasn't moving forward. But I think that's I think that's been the deal is that Chicago is looking bad while getting W's. So. Uh, I think to get the public to lay some money on them, they got to put up bigger numbers. Um, 
and people probably aren't down on Tennessee. I feel like once you jumped off of Tennessee, I jumped on, and it was not the right time to be jumping on. <laughs> right, right. I might have jumped off a, a little bit early. Obviously, last week being the the exception there, but um, yeah. But I, I'm all the way out. I, I knew that defense was having some concerns. One more thing I want to touch on before we move on from that game is what the hell was number 83 thinking in that game? I mean, he, he claimed that, that one of the other players had spit on him. But you can't, first of all, you're going to break your hand. Like, hitting somebody in the helmet has to be the dumbest move in all of sports. It really doesn't do any damage to them. And worst case scenario is you break your hand. Does he feel like he got validated and, and he's got his revenge after that? So I saw that the first time on mute. And my initial instinct was... What did that guy do? And then I stopped myself mid-thought. I'm like, no, regardless of what he did, like, uh, unacceptable behavior. Like, I don't know, man. I think you got to drop more than a two-game suspension on that dude because that's just ridiculous. Like, and, and did he not – like, did he pull his mouthpiece out of his mouth before hitting him in the, in the it, face? Yeah, it looked like he did that. And I got to say, though, it's, so, it's such a dumb move. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, so then you, your intent is to hurt, right? So it's like, hey, sometimes like you can't really prove intent. If you're taking dude's mouthpiece out, it's because you're trying to break his jaw. Right. Like you're, you're trying to get in there and you don't want his mouthpiece <laughs> cushioning what you're about to do to him. Like, there you go. I've got intent. But I don't think I should... Aaron Donald could break a guy's jaw through his helmet with his hand. <laughs> I mean, this guy's These insane. Guys, I don't know, man. These these wide receivers, they're they're spunky. They they think a lot of themselves. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I understand if you want to get even with them, right? But do you do it after the play stops? You run somewhat across the field. You know, at least five yards to go and hit him. So it's like you're making a scene of it when he's standing all alone. You want to get even? Get hit him with a cutback that block, uh, you know, across uh, during a play or something. And he hurt the team so bad. I was like, they, you know, that was a they were in a good position. Uh, on that Ridiculous. one there, um, he, I mean, and and who the heck had, like it was his name, Wims or Mims? Wims, like, yeah. What, what what round draft pick is he, and why did they not just cut him immediately? Well, that's yeah. that's all I would say. Uh, I I don't suspect that he's a top four or five <laughs> round draft pick. I'd have just dropped him. Yeah, he's definitely like, not. Like he was trying to drop that dude. I'd have dropped him. He's definitely not Antonio Brown level talent. And how's that for a segue for you? As we go into the next game, we want to talk about Antonio Brown and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they look for some revenge this week against the New Orleans Saints. Right now, the Bucks are favorites in this one, uh, four, four and a half, depending on where you're looking at it there. And uh, I just want to say on the record that I would love to be. Uh, a housemate on the Big Brother episode that is featuring Tom Brady, <laughs> Giselle, and Antonio Brown uh, as they go house hunting right now. This is absolutely what is going on in this world. Down is up, up is down. 2020, man. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, how do you like the marriage of, of of Tom Brady and Antonio Brown on and off the field? Apparently. Listen, I, I've been the annoying little brother, uh, you know, kind of tagging along and living in areas that, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you get a little grace period and, and he'll have a grace period before he outwears his, his welcome and it'll be nice and fun. It'll be a, like a, a slumber party every night. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm I, like, 
here's another thing that I, I just wouldn't disrupt my team like this, but if it works, if what they're doing works and they're trotting out those three wide receivers and Gronk Ooh. and two two above average running backs in that defense, uh, that's going to be pretty pretty interesting. So I think the risk reward here is is pretty pretty high level. Uh, so it's it's and you can't forget about Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller <laughs> returning to the the best fourth wide receiver in the league. Do you, I mean, I don't know who you're going to put to cover him when you've got Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin. Godwin officially questionable for this one, yes, uh, I believe, yes. there. Miller is already taking advantage of soft third-string wide receiver coverage. Right. right? He's dicing up and, and, and becoming, you know, the uh, Danny Amendola, Jul- Julian Edelman. Um, I feel like that. Wes, Wes Welker. Welker right? There you go. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Wayne Corbett, if you want to go back, the guy who kind of created the position <laughs> for the New York Jets before he got concussed that's out of the league. It's an, an oldie, but a, but a goodie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's filling into that role pretty well. So I, it's intriguing. And and basically, can can we go into you know who we like for this game? Is 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 now the time? Yeah, let's do it. So obviously, you were you liked the Saints in Week One. You didn't make them an official pick on here because you weren't Correct. you know you were a little hesitant. But I know you were on them uh, when it came to to game day. So obviously, Saints won that game pretty handily. Why yep. do you think it's going to be different this time around? So the spot and the chemistry, right? You couldn't pick a worse spot uh, for Tampa Bay, right? And everyone was like, ooh, this is a big game. Uh, But really, it was like, seriously, you got the Saints who have the same head coach and the same quarterback and everyone's healthy. Uh, And then you have Tampa Bay where you have Tom Brady and all these new parts and you're trying to fit all that in. So this is a terrible spot for Tampa. uh, And they've looked good. They need this game, right? So New Orleans has got the game already ahead of them um so like from from that side of things it's a much better spot tampa's getting healthier they're adding guys uh and and new orleans certainly getting healthier is is mike thomas going to play i'm not really all that concerned he was he was questionable when i saw yeah and i don't know and i don't even know how much is disciplinary i'm not sure what happened down there but i've seen the talk about it being disciplinary as much as injury related there um i'm sure he wants to play (laughs) <laughs> He's been saying think, he wants to play. I, I think Mike Thomas and Alshon Jeffrey might have started a, a club, and and uh, maybe they're just too involved in said club to uh, suit up for their football games on Sunday. They, they have other obligations. Listen, leave your uh, Philadelphia but, Eagles out of this, and your bitter and your bitterness. All right. <laughs> wow. Um, so it's neither here nor there to me, uh, whether or not he plays, I think Kamara had some foot or ankle issues, but he'll probably play as well. Uh, but I I think it's going to be a nice statement game for Tampa. The giants did a big favor here because I feel like if they would have smoked the giants, I don't know what the look ahead was. Mm. Um, but since I'm still getting it at four, but if they would have, you know, handily beat the giants by 25, 30 points, you know, maybe we're looking at a five and a half, six point line here but them you know struggling to beat the Giants um I, I think helps and and kept this line without inflating it too much so uh I'll lay the four uh I'll take Tampa I like them going in the right direction uh and um, I'm gonna start 
you know, I don't know if I'm going to start riding them or picking against New Orleans, but it's not October. So you can do this in good conscience. Yeah. You All hear right, that, so Chris? Not October. I want to ask you something because you mentioned the fact that it's a it was a bad spot for them last time. You think it's a better spot for them this time. They are coming off short rest. And the one thing about the Giants game is that was really concerning to me, though, is the fact that that Giants offensive line looked like they were really dominating that game at some points for the Giants. And, and they were without Will Hernandez, one of their, um, their starting offensive linemen who was out with COVID-19. Uh, and I know Brady turned the ball over early. It seemed like they got off to a little bit of a sluggish start. Maybe they were looking ahead already to New Orleans. But any concern about the short week? I was going to say, can I explain that performance away um, by the look ahead? That would be basically, it would be highly convenient, but also I think a very real thing, which, by the way, we probably should have had our eyes on and we should start looking at these types of scenarios where these big games are coming you should probably pick against Tampa hindsight. I know, but that that's how I'm going to explain it is they were looking ahead and uh, didn't, didn't put their best performance out there. For the so. record, I was on the giants on our Monday night pregame show here in New York. Uh, so uh, which helps nobody outside of the New York area. Well, listen, man, we stream pix11.com. Check it out, man. <laughs> All right. You can check it out anywhere. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm your your uh, good friend Greg that you do the podcast with, and I had no idea that you were on the Giants. Oh, I know. I only so. t- told it to a million people here, five million viewing audience, but I guess that's not enough. All right, I see how it is here. The yeah, Wingfoot yeah, Locks, where we got twenty people. We get twenty people who follow across the Instagram, the Facebook, the YouTube pages, but that that doesn't count. All right, I see how Ooh. it is. Well, little text message yeah. tweet smoke, <laughs> smoke signal something uh listen i uh i also i also had the under in that one which they made me uh sweat out i bought it up to 48 and a half so uh very lucky on that one there in the parlay but that's another story anyway oh uh, as far as look ahead games are concerned i really want to point this out because uh one of the reasons also that I like Chicago this week is next week, Tennessee has a division battle against Indianapolis. All right. Mm. And this is a big stretch for the Colts. Uh, and I guess we could talk about this one a little bit here. The Colts are playing Baltimore this week. They opened as, uh, I guess, in some places it was three, two and a half point underdogs at home. That game now is either a pick 'em or the Colts are minus one. Uh, how do you make. How, how do you what do you make of that one after Baltimore's coming off that loss where Lamar Jackson looked a little bit lost against that Pittsburgh defense? Yeah, uh, good time to pick Baltimore. Um, I think we were talking about this before. I've never been a huge Lamar fan, but I certainly think he's better than he showed up um, last week. Um, and, you know, obviously those, those interceptions were just brutal. Uh, and that pick six immediately, uh, that's, they, they want to be front runners and they impose their will. Like I, I, I'm shot. I was on Pittsburgh, right? So obviously I'm happy by the outcome, but Baltimore did exactly what they wanted to do in that game. 
and still lost. And it was obviously because of the turnovers, but they moved the ball. They rushed for like 150 plus yards there. Dobbins and, and, uh, and Gus were moving the ball everywhere and it was just bad quarterback play. So uh, I think it's a good bet on spot when everyone's down on Lamar and the Ravens. I, I like to jump on that. One note on that, that I think is interesting though, is, well, two, actually. One, the, the Colts have the second-best rushing defense in the league right now. I think they're giving up something like 70-something yep. yards a game. Um, but as do you, did Pittsburgh. As did, right, going into that game, obviously, against Baltimore. Right. But how much do you think they're missing Mark Ingram, man? Because that guy, he runs with an attitude. And I know you're not big on running backs, but I think there's just something about the chemistry that he and Lamar Jackson had going in the backfield uh, that was a little, I don't know, maybe they, they, they just looked a little more explosive than they do this year. Um, and let's not forget, Stanley's going out with with his injury. He's probably done for the season. I think it was a, an ankle yeah. injury. That could hurt them a lot. So, yeah, yep. that could hurt them a lot going into this one. I mean, look, I've gone back and forth in this game. I don't. I, initially, I like the Colts, I, but then I think it's just too many people are on it right now. I think that's too much of a line move for for me to go with them. And I, I don't. Tr- I never trust Philip Rivers in a big spot. Give me a game Philip Rivers is supposed to win, and I and you know I love him. Give me a game where it's a questionable and you need him to. Come up big, and I I sell I I sell Philip Rivers. So so that's what keeps me from being like super pumped about it, right? So uh, with the the left tackle first game without your left tackle, I could care less about running backs, especially when they're three deep. And and we've talked about how Gus Edwards yards per carry is ridiculous. It's like all time good, and Dobbins right. looks super spunky and and you know like what they expected out of them so i am not concerned at all with one running back when they've got two two more to to jump in there so i i it's about the quarterback man like where, where where's all the the you know connections with uh tight ends and everything like he just hasn't been on sick with the with the passing game there's been no long plays with brown and and uh andrews mark andrews yeah. just hasn't been lighting it up like he did last year i think well the, in the, the red zone and Andrews lit it up in the red zone. They got, you know, and they got to get there. But you're right. I think I don't think they're throwing the ball enough. I think they're running it too much, and they're throwing the ball in more. I feel like obvious passing situations. That that right. that that is part of might be part of their problem right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and and basically it's being anticipated, and, and his routes are getting jumped. So. Right. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I'm not out on the Ravens again. I think they're going to be kind of a bully type of team. I think they're still going to have a very good season, and I'm going to pick against them once we get to playoff time. And I picked against them last week, but just like you said, I have no interest at all in Philip Rivers in in this type of situation. And it's going to be an enjoyable game. Uh, I'll enjoy watching the game. It's. I'm going to be locked onto it. Um, and probably do some sort of sprinkle with uh, with the Ravens in some sort of tease situation. All right, well, not an official tease situation. But speaking not of official tease situations, yes. listen, if I'm going to rail on you, I got to give you credit when it's due. The tease is now five and zero that Greg has been giving you uh, over the last five weeks here. And let's start with the first leg of this week's tease. Uh, the Houston Texans are visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Texans laying seven. You're on the Texans as the first half of the parlay in this one. Tell me why you like them. Yeah, so uh, 
couple of reasons, and we'll just straight up start with the backup quarterback situation, right? So I've I got Deshaun Watson going up against insert name here. I I don't know the guy J- Jimmy Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, or what's, what's his name? <laughs> I'm not even sure. He's a sixth uh, round draft pick. Hold on, I'll find out. But you keep going. Yeah, I I don't mean to be disrespectful, right? But like. Jacksonville trotting out a a backup um, quarterback there. Houston fired the coach. I feel like they've been a little bit more more um, competitive since they fired the coach. And I think the big thing was they didn't sell during the. Um, now I don't understand why they didn't sell because they could have recouped some draft picks there, but they didn't sell at the trade deadline. And I think right. that really um, you know tells the team, hey, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a push. Uh, and even if they, you know, they don't have a chance at the the, the playoffs, probably not. Um, I like where the team's heading. They still got a good quarterback. The the defense is still in shambles, but they're they just so happen to be going up against another terrible defense, and now they're going up against a terrible quarterback. Um, you know, probably still would like Houston if they were going up against Minshew because he hasn't been good, save you know two or three games at the beginning of the year. Um, so it's. I think it's a good spot. I, I like that they didn't sell. I think there's going to be good buzz within the locker room, and I'm just doing pick them. Um, I think you like it overall, right? And I'll, I'll let you kind of segue into that, but I'm, I'm just going pick them here for Houston to win. Um, I like it. Uh, well, yes, I do. So in full disclosure, I jumped on this as soon as I heard that Jake Lutton was going to be the starting quarterback uh, for, I can't believe I forgot that. I know, right? How could you forget uh, their, the, the famous Jake Lutton, sixth-round uh, quarterback out of I don't know university? Uh, no, nothing be, beats Jake Lutton. Well, I hope that's not the case this week. No, another Seinfeld uh, clip for you there. Yeah, yep. It's very chewy, the mutton, you know. You're going to lose a lot of <laughs> napkins this week. Listen, I think uh, that the Texans are going to need a lot of napkins because they're licking their chops. J.J. Watt saying he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild in Houston. I think that's a good thing because it means to me he is going to show he still has some stuff left in the tank if he's thinking about going to another team. I think he finishes this year strong, uh, and I think this is a good spot for him to do it. Both of these teams... I think are in the bottom of the league in total defense, near the bottom of the league in rushing defense. Um, So I think that they're going to have, the Texans that is, an opportunity to put up some points here. When you get to Sean Watson, who is the better quarterback, uh, I think we have the better coach in Romeo Cornell. Um, Maybe, marginally, right? I don't don't think Doug Marone. Yeah, not going up against much. Yeah, exactly, and and that's really what it's about here. Um, I just think that this week the uh, Houston offense is going to try and take some of that frustration out on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The other thing is Houston has pretty much owned uh, their matchups with the Jaguars, and of course I can't find it right now, but if you can look up their last 10, uh, Greg, while I'm while I'm looking up this here, it's, I think it's um, – Let's see. I'm, I'm kind of busy getting Tampa at four before it goes to four and a half. Fair enough. Priorities, man. I got 23 and three, uh, 15 and four since since 2011, 15 and four 
since 2011. We got it here. And now you're telling me I got a sixth-round rookie quarterback out there who, who's got to go up and, and try and out-duel? Because that's really what it's going to be, right? If you're going to beat him, you're going to have to out-duel Deshaun Watson. Um, I think I just don't think they have the tools to do it. And this is really an experiment for the Jaguars, right? I think Mike Lennon was their backup quarterback. They know he's not going to be the answer long-term. So they want to see what they got. Really, that's all they're doing is seeing what they got in this guy right wow. now. They also know that Mike Glennon might give them a better chance of winning. Well, uh, throw that out there. Do you remember this game? It just really reminds me a couple years ago, there was a game where the Bills were in the playoff hunt and Tyrod Taylor was their quarterback. And I don't remember who they brought in. Peterman. Peterman. Na- Nathan Peterman. And I think he threw six interceptions before. <laughs> I think it was four. I think you're. I'm not sure, dude. I I think I think I think it was five or six. But anyway, uh, they got they got absolutely destroyed in that game. And and it's not like the Chargers were a good team that they were going up against at the time. Um, I think this just feels like one of those games. It's the the Texans are not a good team, but they're good enough that they should be able to take advantage here. And let's not forget, we were on the Jaguars early, right? There was some excitement around Minshew. They won that first game. They kept that second game against the Titans close. This team is done. They don't have the talent, right? They That hope is gone, and you still have talented players on the other side. So I'm going to go with Houston in this one. Uh, I know it's on the road, but they have absolutely owned the Jaguars. Those players are still there. I don't think that changes this week. And one other thing that I like is that the the Texans are pushing the ball down the field more, right, since Cornell took over. I think that's one of the biggest strengths of Deshaun yes. Watson and, and that wide receiving core in Kenny Stills and uh, Will Fuller. So both teams coming off the bye in this one, nothing really to look ahead to. Go ahead. You're going to say Kenny Stills instead of Brendan Cooks? Brendan Cooks isn't there anymore. Did he get traded? Brandon Cooks is is in uh where is he? He's not there anymore, is he? He's in he's in Houston with uh Kenny Stills and Will Fuller. <laughs> it's it's correct. Is Let's he is on. he playing? Yes. No. <laughs> I, I, you are, this is Will we're, Fuller, we're, we're Brandon. Live, yo, so. you are right. I apologize. I don't know why I was thinking. He was out there. He he is playing. Okay, this week and Randall Cobb. Guys, yeah. it's it's been it's been a bit of a long week for Joe. Yeah, we I know. don't have a president in the U.S. Okay, he's a little he's a little confused. So I gotta share this with you. I gotta share this with everybody because you want you said you wanted me to share it, so I'll share it. So on election night, I'm working and it's it's 2 a.m. and the president comes out. And I don't forget about politics. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you are on. But he says, stop the counting. And see, Greg Hoyle likes to give me a message at certain points on Sundays when all of the games are going as we want them to. He says, stop the games right now. End all the games right now. <laughs> so I just want to say that President Trump was taking a, play, a page out of Greg Hoyle's playbook there when he wanted to stop the election uh, at 2 a.m. On, on Wednesday morning, I guess it was at that point. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess I pushed the pause button there for a little bit, too. Hey, you can't, can't blame a guy for trying, right? Yeah. Hey, guy took a shot. I, I, I'd say there's marginally less riding on my attempt to stop things than his. Uh, I Well, it depends on the week. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. 
I have uh, heard your lungs have been on the line before in indeed. the past. Indeed. <laughs> Listen, let's good thing to note as well. I don't think Houston holds their own first round draft pick. Not that that matters all that much because they're one and six, whereas the Jaguars do. Oh, very um, so interesting. So just think about that. A one and six team on the road is a seven point favorite against another one and six team, right? So I think there's a lot of motivation that goes into that. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, I don't think you just. Are you going to feel comfortable selecting a one in six team here, um, laying seven points? Absolutely. Wait not. a minute. Wait but a minute. I I feel crazy. about as comfortable as I felt selecting a what was it a two and five team, uh, two five and one team uh, as a ten point favorite. I felt about as com- I'll feel about as comfortable this week as I did last week with the wing foot lock going into it. Wait, are, are you implying the Eagles? Yeah. There's never a doubt. <laughs> let's move on. We've talked enough about the Texans and the Jaguars. Let's go to another yeah, game here. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's let's brighten up the. <laughs> I mentioned here. I mentioned the Chargers. Uh, so let's go to the Raiders and the Chargers this week. This game is a pick'em right now. Las Vegas coming off their win against Cleveland. Chargers an epic collapse, epic collapse against the Denver Broncos. Um, the line moved heavy in this one, and the Chargers. I said I was going to mention this. Got rid of one of their quarter cornerbacks, trading him away to Tennessee, who obviously needed the help. Um, really, you know, I, I he, from what I've seen, he's one of the better cor- cornerbacks in the league by a couple of the different sites that rank by positions here. So I, I don't know what to make of that move, considering it seemed like the team was having some chemistry. I mean, how do uh, how do you weigh that one, Greg? Uh, certainly not good for locker room morale. I'll tell you that much. And and I don't think you should call the Chargers um, collapse an epic collapse. I think that they're referring to it now as the weekly collapse because mm. they have gotten up in each one of these games and then they just give it all back, right? So number one, they somehow that playing. went from the Falcons to the Chargers. You're saying it went from the East Coast yes. to the West Coast. It's it's unfortunately contagious, right? And they got passed along somehow. But uh, you know, so so my my thought is is like, okay, they've shown that they can play pretty good football, but they've also shown that they can lose a game. They know how to lose a game, not how to win a game, right? Versus um and then versus the opposite of what you have going on with Houston, where they retained all their players, and that sends a good message. You send away some of your players. I like the Raiders. I mean, I, like they're not world beaters, but they've certainly shown them to be more competent than the the Chargers have been, and they've gotten smoked by some of the better teams in the league. But I, I definitely like the Raiders kind of rolling in there and taking care of business, especially if you're going to give them give them to me, pick them. Um, so I'm I'm seeing to pick them now so um i i just like that i i think that they um you know have have done well against the chiefs they've they've played pretty well so far they're going to ground and pound it and then just wear away with you uh with car at quarterback so um like the young quarterback for the chargers but again it's still a young quarterback with what seems to be a terrible head coach uh, and that's that's not good for him. Yeah. And the Raiders have the Broncos next week. I just look at that because we're talking about a time of the year when we look ahead to games, which could be a big matchup if the Broncos can pull out a win this week. We'll get to that game in a second. Um, go ahead. Real quick, too. Yeah. Th- 
the that game last week, the the winner, I think, legitimately could create a story where that they could still make a playoff push or, you know, something right to the Broncos where there might be a little bit of pep in their step. Right. With that big of a loss. Right. The Chargers are out of it. Right. I mean, they're legit out of it they i don't know how they could tell themselves otherwise and then they they dish that corner right so it's right. just like oh you're you're last in the division you just lost a huge lead to a division rival and now you're dealing one of your best defensive players i I'm, I, I love the raiders love the raiders this week listen i'm on board with you i think that the uh uh, I think Jonathan Abrams is a difference maker on that defense, man. I, I, I know uh, people want to criticize him for Salmon rather than Salmon there, but uh, he on the field, man, his game speaks very loud out there. Uh, and and they've done a nice job, I think, getting uh, their run game going with Josh Jacobs. And uh, I believe he's – is he questionable for this week? Double-check me on that one there, Greg. But um, I, I think he's good to go. He's good to um, go. I'll, okay. I'll check it out here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know that from for fantasy purposes. Right. And then and then the this Raiders team, I mean, they showed a lot to me when they when they beat the Chiefs, right? The way they responded uh after the loss the previous week, uh, Derek Carr, you know, just obviously over it and and the losing and I I got to take Gruden over Anthony Lynn, obviously when it comes to coaches out there. So, I'm with you. I'm with you on the Raiders this week. I, I don't think we need to say anything else. So, let's move on to the next one. Why don't we give the folks the second half of the team this week and we jump ahead to Monday night football. So Greg, you're gonna take the Jets plus 15 and a half, right? False. False. <laughs> the Jets uh, are playing host to the New England Patriots. Right now they are the Patriots are eight and a half point favorites in this one. Pats two and five against the winless Jets, the only winless team in the NFL. And I want to point this out. A lot of talk about the Jets getting Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick today. Joe Namath came out and said that if the Jets take Lawrence number one overall, he wouldn't be surprised if Lawrence holds out, pulls in Eli Manning, John Elway, whichever one you want to credit it to, and doesn't play for the New York Jets. How good does it have to feel to play for gang green right now gosh i wouldn't want to play for that head coach but they, they i mean there was some chatter about burrow being in the same situation i i think that cincinnati situation looks pretty good uh, but but rest assured i think cincinnati's covered was much better stock than, than the jets were right um so you know, night and day type of situation. You would just think, though, know, like the the reputation of the franchise, like they got to turn that around. But I, you know, they what really I want to say. But wait, wait a minute, because I, I do want to say this. I think that this Jets defense. Let's not forget, man. This Jets defense was poised to be one of the best in the NFL when they had Jamal Adams and Marcus May at safety. They had C.J. Mosley. They had Avery Williamson. They had like they had names all over the place, right? C.J. Mosley gets hurt in that Bills game, misses a season. That goes the way it does, and. And Jamal Adams then leaves town, uh, and and then everything just kind of turned. It was like one after the other that they lost Avery Williamson. He tore his ACL. So everything kind of just stacked up against that defense last season, and and the dominoes continued to fall this year with uh, Mosley opting out. Offensively, no excuses. They have no playmakers on offense. Um, the offensive line is is 
is is injured. It, there's no consistency. I mean, everything that's going on there, uh, and they seem like a reactionary team that's kind of like tried to to do things um, just to to make it work af- when something doesn't. Right? They don't they don't seem like they're sticking with their game plan, so to speak. Because um, they don't really have one. Right. Right. Everybody's just trying yeah. to look out for themselves right now, and that is a bad yeah. thing in a team sport. Yeah. A lot of talk about leadership going on in the country right now. No, look no further than the Jets mm. <laughs> to realize that they, they don't have the right guy. So uh, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll get enough votes from Georgia to, to get him out of there. <laughs> um, so enough talking about bad teams because we just did that with the Jags in, in Houston. We're right. going against the Jets. We're going to take the Pats. I was telling you, I was a little annoyed because this morning – it was at seven and a half, so you can slap a seven-point teaser there and load up when you're um, going from seven and a half to just pick them, because then you can hedge with some pretty decent insurance um, on the money line there with the Jets if you so choose. Um, I, you know, if it gets much past, I'm going to grab it now while it's at eight and a half. That way I get it at a point and a half and then hopefully it goes up to nine and a half or 10 and then I can have a decent, you know, hedging middle if I so choose, but I probably won't. Um, One of the things I heard this week was that the Jets and Darnold have scored three points in his last two starts against the Patriots. So uh, even though Tom Brady is no longer there, right, I think the Patriots showed you something and we're charging down the field. I was on them last week. I was going to, I was going to grab them on the, uh, the tease last week, but you swayed me um, to Pittsburgh, which ended up being lovely. It would have won either way. Um, but I, I liked the Patriots to play that game. I thought they showed that they were in it with Buffalo. Um, and I don't think that this is a bad team. I just don't think it's, you know, the team that it used to be. You lost the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Cam still got a lot to play for here, and this is a chance for them to go out and get a W. Um, so I'll, I'll Take the seven off there. It'll be New England minus a point and a half. So it'll be Houston to win. Uh, uh, this is if this doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. Let me just say it's five and five and zero oh, the last couple of weeks. We're gonna take the <laughs> one and six Houston uh, Texans to win as the front end, and then we'll take the two and five Patriots to win by two or more. Combine three wins. Combine three yeah, wins. Buddy. Don't worry. And listen, we it'll just be, need him to win outright. Uh, you know, you mentioned yep. that the that the Jets have scored, or Sam Donald specifically led Jets, have scored three points in their last couple games against the New England Patriots. Um, I think that's interesting because do you know how many points a game the Jets are averaging as a team against anyone this season? Uh, eight. Close, close. It's sub-12, 11, 11 and some change. 11 and some change, lowest in the league. That's horrible. That is horrible. Yeah. So, you know, and we were talking maybe the the under or the, um, you know, or the, if if for any reason you're on the over for this game, do yourself a favor, right? And just do the Pats team total, right? But if you're on the under, certainly, you know, the Jets team under is not a bad idea either with those 11 and a half points. The implied team totals probably 16 and, and some change, 17. I haven't looked into it yet. Um, but yeah, that's that's 
pretty bad. And the <laughs> Patriots, you know, they haven't fallen that far on defense. They they still got a good D. They they held Buffalo in pretty good check last week. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're you're going down an interesting path. Forty one and a half is the or forty two is the total for the game that I'm seeing out there right now. Look, Patriots only averaging about nineteen points a game this season themselves. Um, I, I think though this is just the the moment for them to get right uh, as we head into the second half of the season here. Um, I, and I still I still won't count the Patriots out. I'm not going to count the Patriots out of the division just yet. I, I know that hurt them, but they get to play the Bills again and they get the AFC East. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. I wonder what they are to win the division. Lo- love them for this game. I'm counting them out of the division. Oh, all right, all right. We'll see. Um, I, I, I don't like the quarterback. Two more games for you here. The Atlanta Falcons right now minus four and a half points as they host the Denver Broncos here. Broncos coming off, as we said, that unbelievable comeback while the Falcons are coming off their win Thursday night. Uh, look like they might blow it again uh, as they get the pick to end the game there. But, uh, you know, extra rest for the Atlanta Falcons. Man, they've been a different team since uh, Morris took over as head coach. They have won, I think it's, is it three out of four that they've won now with him? And I only have two wins, so uh, probably two out of three. Two out of three since he took over. That one loss uh, was the miraculous game against Detroit that they should have won there. Uh, I Bull. don't I'll say that again. Bull. Bull. Yes. Todd Gurley should have taken the knee. Uh, I think they're getting some things together. And then A.J. Boye out for this one, which, uh, Greg, you know, you you put me onto before. And, and we know about the wide receivers that they have. I just think that this team has looked a little bit more balanced as of late, right? Uh, they're running the ball. Todd Gurley looks a little bit refreshed uh, as I've seen him running lately. And I think that has been the difference to take a little bit of pressure off Matt Ryan and that, uh, you know, that offensive line and those wide receivers there. Julio Jones is still a monster. And if, if they can put up, if if the Broncos at home, right, struggled the way they did with the Chargers and needed that miracle, I think that this week is, uh, on the extra rest, is a good situation on that fast turf um, in Atlanta, is a good situation for the Falcons. And again, I don't think they're a very public team right now, the Falcons. So, um, not that either of these teams are very public teams, though. Um but I think this is just a good spot for them with the extra rest uh, and and that offense going up against a little bit of a banged up defense. You had that high moment. I think there's a little bit of a come down this week uh, for the Broncos. What are your thoughts on this one, Greg? When you also mentioned, don't they have a division game next week as well? Yes, the Broncos are playing the Raiders next week. Um, so my only issue with it is the the number of laying more than than three. So I, I, you know, I like the handicap. I like the area of strength is where there's um, an injury and there's another cornerback for Denver that's questionable as well. Um, but I like with Boye being out. I mean, who the heck is gonna gonna guard Julio? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they seem to spread the ball around pretty well, um, even if Ridley's not playing. Which with Atlanta's off next week, so I can't see them having Ridley out there. But but we'll see. That can only go in your favor 
right? So if, if indeed Ridley does play, obviously that's better for you. So I like the pick. I don't like the number. I If I was doing it, I'd have to buy it down to three. Um, I'll probably just stay away because there would be too much juice there. But I, I definitely, that would be the side I would be on if I were uh, making that selection. I thought I for a second. As questionable. I thought for a second you were going to make this another head to head. No, sir. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were going to make it a head to head there. Zero and then absolutely not taking oh. uh, Drew, Drew Locke going cross country after a game he never should have sniffed a win on. Yeah, uh, and, no. And you know that's one of the things that I look at coming into this one, right? Like Atlanta's defense is obviously struggled. They're one of the worst in the league in yards per play, but the Broncos' offense is one of the worst in the league in yards per play. Also, Philip Lindsay is he is he out for this one as well? Uh, still questionable. Questionable uh, from, from what I saw. Okay, I think I think if Philip Lindsay doesn't play, that's a that's a big difference, man. He makes that offense go a little bit more, uh, giving Melvin Gordon a spell out there. Uh, I, I think I've seen a difference in that offense when he's on the field, uh, and they also had one of their wide receivers banged up too. I don't know if he's playing, uh, but definitely something to pay attention to in this one. Um, Tim, what's yeah, his name? Po- Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. Yeah. Yep. Questionable for Philip Lindsay with the report being that Fangio saying he thinks he'll play. Okay. Well, something to pay attention to out there and definitely could uh, make that line move a little bit uh, in this one. All right. Last game. Speaking of line moves, this one had a big line move. The Seattle Seahawks going cross country to take on the Buffalo Bills. Right now, the Seahawks minus three in this one. Uh, Game opened at one. Greg. You are going to circle the wagons with the Buffalo Bills. Why do you like them in this one? Um, so one of the bigger things being the what you were just mentioning. Jeez, oh, why, am, why am I having a hard time pulling this back up? Where are you going with that? Um, so their sandwich right now, this, this is a non-conference game, so I, I don't like that situation for... Uh, Seattle. Number one, neither team is playing defense this year, uh, which I like for Buffalo. I think they've been struggling a little bit on offense, and I think having Seattle come in there with their terrible defense um, will really help them out from uh, from getting you know their offense right. Uh, but them having to scoot out here, they just had a divisional game, which they took care of the Niners pretty handily, right? And I think that is why we have them as a three-point favorite here. Uh, and now they have another divisional game. I think they have the Rams next week. They're actually – this is the only – non-divisional non-conference game in like a five-week span for seattle so you know in the scale of importance this is kind of where they can you know take their foot off the pedal a little bit so um like buffalo like them playing at home home dog getting three points uh, with Buffalo, I know they're probably not as good as their six and two record, um, you know. But at the same point, Seattle could have lost some of the games and, and might not be six and one as well. So I'm going to take the points at home. Uh, I do like it to be a higher scoring game and a bit of a, 
a bit of a back and forth shootout. Right. Um, but I, I like I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo being pretty pretty healthy. Um, and then I, I just think this is going to be a down spot for Seattle. Well, you're not alone. I mean, the total on this game is 55. That's that's a big number. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I you I just want to disagree with something you said that you said you don't think Buffalo is as good as their six and two record after their eight games. No, I, I do not. I think that they might be better. They might be better than their 6-2 six, six record because we talked about that really rough scheduling patch they had because of COVID-19 uh, where they had that stretch against Tennessee. They didn't know who they were going to be playing. They didn't know if they were going to be playing Tennessee. And then Tennessee was also really well-rested for that one. And then they had the Kansas City Chiefs the week after in like a modified schedule. And I think you know they were on that Tuesday night game and a Monday night. So uh, those are their two losses, right? Uh, on the season. Yep. And I think if, if that game is scheduled differently against Tennessee, maybe that goes a little differently there. Uh, I think they've done a really good job. So I think they are either as good as that 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 six and two record or maybe a game better uh, than what they're actually playing with there. So uh, we got a question here. Somebody wants to know what do you guys think about Lar Janis starting next year? That's funny. That's funny. I don't I don't it, I'm not picking up. It, come on, man. Lar Janice. Say it together quickly. We'll let Greg figure out that one while we wrap the rest of the show here. I like it. I don't uh Fat Cave Studio. I'm all about it, man. Keep the jokes coming. There's no such Large thing as a bad cat. <laughs> he just got it. He just got it, folks. Oh my god. Listen, I hear there's a lot of holes in his game. <laughs> oh man. Um, I, uh, is this our first troll, Joe? I, it might be, you know what? But we welcome all viewers, no matter what. Listen, I'm gonna wrap it on that note. Let's go out there before things go completely off the rails. I'll review the games that we have this week. Uh, this week, the tease of the week, which is five and zero, oh, folks. Greg likes Houston Pickham over Jacksonville. Tennessee minus one and a half over the Jets on Monday Night Football. He's got the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers laying four against uh, the New Orleans Saints. Rolling with the Raiders. Uh, pick them over the Chargers. I'm with them on that one. And Buffalo getting three against Seattle. My better beware game of the week is Tennessee minus six and a half uh, as they host the Chicago Bears. I like Houston. I got them at minus five and a half. There's really they're up to minus seven. I st- I'm still comfortable with that number against Jacksonville and Atlanta minus four and a half. Don't forget to check out the Wingfoot Lock of the Week over on the Instagram page. Picking 75 percent in the first half of the season. Attaboy. That's definitely a good Attaboy. start. Chris Portente on a roll. He's got one more winner for you this weekend. Any last words, Greg? Nope. I just just to let everyone know, we give uh, Chris the silent treatment until the pick is out because <laughs> we don't we we don't want to interrupt the the magic over there. So he's he's ba- tried to bounce some ideas off of us, and we just say nothing. Last uh, time, and, and I think I think he likes it that way. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Last time we talked about the magic and the process uh, was was a bad Goodwill Hunting episode there. So we're not going to mention that. Just let him do his thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want to be involved. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this edition of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masseri. Remember, everyone, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you next week. Have a great one.